Sister Hack. Let's talk. Life is too short, so let's go ahead and hack apart all of the details and put them back together in ways that make sense to us. How do you make a friend after college? I'm still trying to figure that out. What was your weirdest childhood rule? Our mom literally hid cookies from our friends. Does that count? Or how do you feel about people coming to meetings and not contributing a thing? It's like, why are you even here? Long distance relationships? With sisters? There's a hack for that. Sisters, Hannah, and Rachel have conversations about the unspoken dynamics that drive our everyday lives. On Sister Hack, now introducing Hannah and Rachel. Hey everyone, welcome to Sister Hack. Um, this is Rachel. This is Hannah. And we are here with our cousin Jenna, which we're so excited about. Want to say hi, Jenna? Hi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, really quickly, too, we just want to share with you all, since Sister Hack is still pretty new, why Sister Hack? Well, first of all, Hannah and I are sisters. Obviously. Obviously. But we especially love seeing the humorous side of life in analyzing everyday situations and offering up solutions, whether we really know what we're talking about or not. <laughs> Hacks, if you will. Hacks, if you will, to everyday topics, um, problems, nuances, all of those different things. So hence Sister Hack. And we just want to thank our family and friends for their support and rooting us on as we get started with this fun um, way to keep in touch with each other and to keep in touch with people that we love. So speaking of people that we love, our cousin Jenna is here with us today. We're really excited to talk to her. We grew up together really here in Wisconsin and um, we've been able to keep in really close touch as we've grown up. Um, she was a high school English teacher right out of college and now she is experiencing her first year as a grade school principal and that is also coupled with her being a new mother. So we're excited. At the to young, ripe age of 28? Yep, I think, I think, I, think I'm, I think I'm 28. Sometimes I forget and pretend like I'm 27, but I'm pretty sure it's 28. You're right, I think, because I'm 30. <laughs> so we're going to start you out, Jenna, with hack yeah or hack no. Oh, yeah. And this segment, basically, we're going to discuss or throw out things that might happen in your principal life. And you say with hack yeah, you love it, or hack no, that's something that you hate about the job. Cool. Okay, so, and that's that's right, ladies and gentlemen. She is just 28, and she is a principal, which is pretty sweet. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. We'll talk more about that right. later. She is your I'm pal. Gonna, I'm going to let that sink in, too, Prince for just pal. a minute. Yeah. yeah. Spelled with the P-A-L. Learned that early on in life. Uh -huh. Fourth grade. Um, okay, Jenna, so hack yeah means it's something that you kind of enjoy, okay. and hack no means no way. No. You can so, elaborate if you, you want. You can elaborate. Oh, so, okay. school-wide fundraisers. Hack no. <laughs> <laughs> I got into administration not necessarily to raise money, but those two things are totally linked. That's, totally a, linked. that's a hack yeah, no. Yeah. Nope. Okay, parent-teacher conferences. Hack yeah. Hack yeah. Yeah. Nice. I have parents who sign up with me for conferences, and that sounds scary, but that's really not scary. A lot of times parents, honestly, maybe they have a concern, but by the end of the conversation, they just want to be heard and they want to talk. So parent, parent conferences, but th that was not a hack no when I was a teacher either. Yeah. Yeah. So I love communication. I'm a big communicator. You're a big communicator. So it went from a hack no to a hack yeah. Mm -hmm. We so like that. you let parents sign up for a conference with you? I do. Yes, there are time wow. slots that they can sign up with That's me. That's what we call so. open door policy. That's an open right. door policy right there. Yeah. That's yeah. great. 
Okay, personal development day. Professional development Professional, day. sorry. She wrote PD day. I don't know what that means. <laughs> She's not in that world. Yeah, that's Ed, that's Ed Lingo. PD um, day. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a heck yeah. And I don't know if my teachers love that all the time. I would say most of my teachers are very PD. They love it, but it can be challenging when you have so many other things on your plate yes. and then you have someone else coming in saying like, hey, here's on top more. of grading yeah. papers and teaching right. all day, here's like a few more things I really want you to work on. Mm -hmm. But I also think that being lifelong learners, there's some real truth to that. Right. And our school is a great school, but it could be the best school in Sheboygan, you know, mm -hmm. so we always have a lot of work to do. But yeah. I also do a lot of personal development myself. Yeah. So I always reading, going to conferences, whatever. So I, I try to practice what I preach. Yeah. Where's the, for our listeners who aren't from Wisconsin, you're a principal in Sheboygan. Can you give us a, the succinct yes. description so, of Sheboygan? Yeah, Sheboygan's about an hour south of Green Bay, which is a little bit more Bigger. known, yeah. you know. But we're right on the lake. But it's mm -hmm. an annoying distance from Milwaukee. That's what people should know. It takes yeah. about an hour to get to yep. Milwaukee. So. And it has a lot of nicknames like Chevegas. Chevegas. Right, right. And my husband and I have lived there for five years, and we still are not Sheboyganites yeah. by name. Like, we just Those don't get Those are lifelong people. Well, and everybody's lifelong. Like, people leave, but then they always come back. They always come back. Because so it's, it's like a magnet. Yeah. Do they? I, I don't really know. You don't know why. Yeah. Do they call girls from Sheboygan Shagirlgan? <laughs> you know, I can't say I've heard that, but you can trend it. I mean, we could get that going. Yeah. Okay, there's a okay. hash for that comes later in the podcast. Oh, okay, hack now or hack yeah to snow in the forecast. Oh my gosh, it should be a hack yeah, but we cannot buy a snow day. Here's what happens at my school. It snows a lot, and we have to park on the streets. So we don't have a parking lot. More about that later. That's and a hack no. That's a hack I've no. I've heard one. And so we don't call snow days, and then we show up and our road's not plowed. So we oh. hike two, two blocks uphill just oh, to wow. get to school. So, so far, snow has been a hack no. But our kids build this really big snow hill that we sled down. Oh, that sounds fun. So that's fun. Do you make the call on a snow day? I mean, in theory, but we still follow the Sheboygan Area School mm -hmm. District. Mm -hmm. So whenever people are like, Jenna, call snow day. Depending like, cool, on the yeah, I can be the only school in the entire county to call a snow day. <laughs> but we wouldn't mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Discipline, hack yeah or hack no? Ugh, I mean, uh, hack no. I don't love disciplining. Yeah. Luckily, I'm I'm naturally a little intimidating. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I've been told. So I don't mind disciplining. It just bothers me that I have to. Yeah. You know? yeah. We want our kids to be kind. And so it's kind of like a hack. Case. Hack yeah no. Yeah. Like, hack yeah, I'll do it. Hack no, you don't. Like do hack it. yeah, I'm, don't do hack it. yeah, I'm good at it. But hack no, I don't <laughs> want to do it. You know. Okay. Dress down days. Heck yeah. Heck I got to yeah. work in a faculty casual Friday. We haven't done that yet, but yeah. I'm the first one to be like, oh, we're wearing hoodies too. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. let's right. do it. Right. Okay. Do your students have a, you know, you know we had to wear uniforms in school. We did. Do you have? Yeah, no, we have a dress code. And actually, from even from the dress code I had in school, it's pretty relaxed. So it's it's not too intense. Kids don't seem to mind it too much. That's, That's nice. Good. Okay, two more here. Heck yeah or heck no, recess. Heck yeah. We added recess back in the middle school. Nice. So Principal Reiske goes out there, play a little four, four square. square. You, oh, yeah. Do you make it to A? The Rarely. A Our kids are cutthroat. <laughs> they are cutthroat Cherry four bombs. square players. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Have, and they do like double hit rules. I mean, they're crazy, but yeah. We grew up at a grade school that didn't have a playground, so... It was Foursquare or races in the street. <laughs> it's your options. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Depending on the amount of traffic, races in the street. Yeah, exactly. basically. Okay. This last one, anticlimactic. We should have saved a better one. But staff meetings. Oh. 
Hmm. Um, I'm gonna say heck yeah, just because but again, I'm a, I'm a communicator. <laughs> but we do all of our staff meetings before school, which oh, I think is good yeah. because after yeah, school good. people are just kind of done for the day. Yeah. yeah. But I do. I have a, a really really amazing staff, so staff meetings are usually pretty painless. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds great. Well, chat it wasn't anticlimactic because we left a space for it. Do you have any others from your week this week that were like, oh heck yeah, that's my my best part of being a principal? Yeah, I love recruitment. Oh. When a family comes and sees, especially like in our early childhood center, sees how amazing our building is, and especially a family who's never considered private education, uh -huh. to realize, whoa, my kid can have this, my family can have this, mm -hmm. it's doable, it's affordable, and it, it's going to make a difference for my kid, that's the best part oh, of my job. Oh, that's cool. That is yeah. a hack, yeah. Hack, all yeah, right. hack, yeah, all the way. Any hack knows all the way from this week? Um, Let's see, hack knows. I would say... Whenever we have to have like even a Wednesday night school board meeting, and Ugh. I I have a great school board. They're supportive. It's not that. It's mm -hmm. when you're home and you just get your kid to bed mm -hmm. and you're done, and instead you turn around and go back yeah. out for late night meetings. So you just want to Netflix, but instead you right. have to yeah. network. Net, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's net, good. Net problem solved. Um, well, Jenna, one of the reasons we sh chose you for our go-getter girl boss is obviously your role that you've taken on. Um, but this didn't come directly from, you know, you weren't just born and then you're a principal. You have mm -hmm. to be raised as a strong woman. Mm -hmm. So something that Rach and I were wondering about is what were some of the parenting strategies that your parents had that shaped you to take initiative, lead, be yeah. strong? What are some of those things? Um, I think, you know, my dad making sure that we were employed by like the ripe age of eight was probably <laughs> yeah, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What? Yeah. yeah, didn't you... Well, so what was your first job, or how old were you? Well, I mean, we were, we had to do our lawn jobs. Like, I was pulling weeds, and I'm not yes, kidding. Right, that really that. was, and like, like, an allergic age eight. to grass. Yeah, I would get rashes <laughs> on my hands, and they were like, well, get some gloves then, you know? And so I kept working then. But um, when I was 12, I started working at the dance studio where I danced, oh, helping yeah. out behind the front desk, even doing some babysitting for the owner, because we couldn't afford any more dance classes. So my parents basically said, if you want them, then you have to help pay for them. Mm -hmm. So I was really fortunate to do that. And then when I turned 14, I got my first job at Concordia. And I think that's when right. it's like legal to start working if you have a parent's permission. And you're like, I've had a few jobs. I've had a few <laughs> jobs. You had a resume, by the way. I did. In <laughs> um, my first summer at Concordia, I vacuumed spiders out of windows. Oh. Mm -hmm. But even, even a job like that was still, I'd be working in hallways, but people would come by and they'd talk to you. And yeah. you had to learn how to communicate even when you were young like that. Mm -hmm. You had to seem like you knew what you were doing. Otherwise, you know, you might not right. have that job the next I summer. I think all three of us have been employed by CUW Maintenance, Concordia Maintenance. For sure. Yeah. yeah. We have. The draw is you get to wear your running shorts and your <laughs> Right, totally. Headbands. T-shirts yeah. and headbands. Great um, community. But at the dance studio, too, a big part of it for me was I got to be a student teacher pretty young, like I was like 14 or so. And so that really pushed me to leadership. Whenever yep. you're working right, with kids right. and you have to be kind of pushed into leadership that way too. But I also, I mean, I just don't remember my parents enabling me much at all. You yeah. know, if I wanted something, then go do it. If yeah. I had a problem, then figure it out and solve it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they weren't in talking to my teachers. They weren't right. any of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that made a big difference. Do you think your role in the family, you're the youngest mm -hmm. of three, you have two older brothers, did that add or take away from that experience either? Yeah, you know, a lot of times with 
youngest children, the leadership thing doesn't always happen right off the bat if you're constantly following your older siblings. Mm -hmm. But being the only girl was a little bit different mm -hmm. because I played with my older brothers sometimes. But I mean, we're between me, and my oldest brother is six years, you know. Right. So I played a lot of pretend, and you know, I would use my imagination at times. <laughs> and you guys remember? I mean, we played oh, some yeah, pretty, yeah. We, we played some intense what games. What were some of our best games? We also had some massive fort fort wars. We did. Yes. Those were cool. And yeah. then we would give tours. You had a treehouse that was like, Yeah, wow. your treehouse was cool. And I look back and I think about that too. Like, our parents just kind of put us in the basement and just say, See ya. Right. Right. It's ironic because we're recording this in the basement right now. Because <laughs> it's the only quiet. And what's also weird is our parents were like, See ya. See and just ya. sent us yeah. down here. Yeah, exactly. Weird. Some things never change. You know, it was funny that you bring up all the jobs that you had because Rachel and I, we were just in awe. I mean, we were trying to figure out how to fold our laundry. Yeah. <laughs> our mom would do it for us. She's like, you guys need to clean your rooms. But then she couldn't handle how long it took us to do mm -hmm. it, so she just did it. I just remember when you guys were getting paid to run miles... <laughs> I was, I was like baking in the hot sun, <laughs> developing a dangerous rash our on my job, hands. Our job was running. Our job was And running. we didn't even get paid naturally. At the end of the summer, my dad would take me to Claire's for like a cheap necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Worked like 80 hours for something that turned green the next Shout week. Shout out Uncle Tom. <laughs> Uncle Tom is the man. I'm okay, not play and, around. And you shared with us, Jenna, but share out loud, what is your definition of a girl boss? So I look at a girl boss as someone who is unafraid of who she is, with confidence and poise, but also has a really good understanding of what it means to be a real leader. Mm -hmm. And so that's not necessarily being trendy or being cool. A lot of times people say that I have an old soul. And I think a lot of girl bosses really do because mm -hmm. you, you still understand what it means to be respectful and how to gain mm -hmm. respect and how to make sure that everybody in your community feels welcomed mm -hmm. and loved and important and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what ends up raising up to leadership. So when they found me for this job, I, I didn't apply for it. I didn't have any yeah. plans to be a principal. I was I was just being a teacher but finding ways to lead in my own profession but a lot of that was being really driven really mm -hmm. focused um, one of the things that I that I know I've mentioned is um, there's a stereotype of, of females males our generation that we don't know how to work hard because we right. have been a little bit more entitled you know we've had more technology yeah. all of those kind of things and I think that the opposite has to be true for us then so I work harder mm -hmm. to to break that stereotype so yeah. I always want to be the hardest working person in the room mm -hmm. and so I think a lot of times for girl bosses that's the case mm -hmm. I mean a lot of times in in my experience with the women that I work with they get things done mm -hmm. yeah. you know you right. give them a task and they not only do it they do it efficiently and then they move on to the next task without even being told yeah and right. so I think that type of initiative definitely yeah, initiative falls under the uh -huh. the role of that too and it's funny that you you use such great words to describe girl boss and we asked our listeners you know what's the definition of girl boss and we got back all kinds of answers a lot of them had a really nice example of a woman in their lives that mm -hmm. that that would be the picture of that mm -hmm. our brother stephen's definition <laughs> it made me laugh but it also made me just think of what a stereotype uh that is also in some a little offensive mind. it's a little bit offensive <laughs> yeah. he goes Woman in pantsuit calling the shots. Very strong-willed. Oh, wow. I can tell you I don't own any pantsuits. <laughs> I, too, am anti-pantsuit, but I... I'm pro. <laughs> okay. okay, hey, there's always one in the we got a big crowd here. Cool, cool. You're yeah. pro-pantsuit. Wow. 
I don't have any, but when I see them, I'm like, oh, that's a sharp. That's a yeah, sharp that's a look. sharp pantsuit. It's, like, very professional. It's yeah. true. And I'm not very professional, but I appreciate a professional woman. I, I would say I think that is just a little bit... What's unfortunate is that if that's the persona, yeah, you know, then it does mean, it does mean that we have as girl bosses that we do have some stereotypes to break yep. then. Yes. And I think you have to be kind of that refreshing presence in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's this person who's young but doesn't act young. Right. And I think too, well, or just this makes me think of oh, women, if they're leaders, then they must be strong-willed, where I think we're not given the space to be um, authoritative without being bossy. Or right, yes, yeah, right, be, right. You know, have an opinion without being impatient or well, something Well, and like I've, that. I've, I mean, there's been meetings before, and this was advice given to me by a really great mentor of when we're talking about a topic and we have something that maybe needs to be changed, so I bring it up at a meeting, everybody's opinion and voice will be heard, but at some point, as the leader, I have to say, okay, Thank you for your feedback. I'll take this into consideration, right. and then a decision will be made. And so giving people that, that freedom to be a part of it, but at the end of the day, you do still have to have the authority. Right. Because otherwise, why did they put you in charge? Right. right, exactly. And let's not confuse strong-willed with strong. Right. Yeah. I think that's something, too. Amen, like, sister. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's not be so quick to confuse. We love you, we love you Steve. For ma- ma- I know Stephen, and I honestly laughed when I read it because we, knew you, we know kidding. you. We know you come from a good place, and we know you're very pro-woman, pro-podcast, pro-sister. Sister hack. hack. <laughs> Only one of our siblings who wrote to us, in fact. <laughs> so, we thank you. We thank you for that. And our brother Andrew forgot the name of our podcast today. But he's very forgetful, <laughs> so we're going to forgive him. Chalk it up. To... Yes. Um, now, I'd like to contrast Stephen's definition with, um, this is Esther Schulze, and she's what, Schultz. your student worker? Yes. Schultz. She's mm-hmm. your student worker. What did she write? Well, she wrote that, so we asked everyone what, what they thought a girl, ba- a girl boss was, and she said, from personal hashtag girl boss experience, <laughs> shout out to Rachel, <laughs> someone who's willing to teach, is extremely knowledgeable, and does their job beyond what is required. I think any woman who's doing the best at their job, which is really sweet of you, Esther, but um, thank you for thinking that of me, I think. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think agree. her definition of anyone who's doing, any girl who's doing the best at her job, it echoes what Jenna's saying about these girls like they get things done Mm -hmm. and you can trust them that they're going to perform their job at whatever level it is at a high level Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the person on top necessarily right but you're a boss at your job but I also appreciate about what Jenna said too that they they can do that while still making sure that everyone around them feels respected and heard and Mm -hmm. a part of something Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes I think um that in some ways, and not always, I don't like to make generalizations, but sometimes females are very intuitive to that. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like in my position I can That's read true. I can read people a little bit and oh, kind yeah. of read where they're coming from and, and maybe tap into what they need a little bit more mm-hmm. in terms of that person needs more support and encouragement. That person just needs me to tell it straight. And so I think mm-hmm. that can be, and that's huge when it comes to dealing yeah. with parents and with students too, to be yeah. able to come at them um, from where they're at. From what they need. Yeah. To, from what they need from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you see really challenging about being under 30 and leading adults that are the age of your parents? Yeah. I mean, I think the hardest, the hardest thing to do is to walk into that room and face all of the expectations or maybe that's the wrong word maybe just the apprehension that people have that 
what do they expect from yeah. someone from someone my age walking into a room? And I was really fortunate because even if they had a lot of reservations, they didn't tell me. <laughs> right. You know, they kept them to themselves. But but I talk a lot about how important it is, again, to earn people's respect. And how do you do that? You do that by being honest, trustworthy, hardworking, consistent, and right. always making sure, again, I always check with people before I make decisions. Doesn't mean I'm gonna change my mind, but it does mean that I, I yeah. don't pretend like I walk in there and know everything because I certainly don't. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I taught for five years, I don't pretend to be a master teacher either, right. you know? So I try to trust them at their craft mm -hmm. while also using professional research and, you know, and other things. And the things that I have learned in my experience to help make their job easier. I consider myself to be a facilitator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think when people can see that, it makes that job a lot easier mm -hmm. but I also think that the confidence makes a big difference mm -hmm. you know you walk in there with your head held high and think mm -hmm. I was chosen for this position for a reason yep that rubs off on people too mm -hmm. you know and they feel yeah, like they certainly. can follow that I think too it, your confidence comes through but um, I wonder if you had some of the same experiences as I did I taught at my alma mater and one high of, school at my alma mater high school yeah for my first job so mm -hmm. I was 22 and mm -hmm. all of these teachers that were now my co-workers were very much the same people that taught me four years ago so I really struggled calling them by their first names mm -hmm. and I specifically remember introducing my new brand new husband Zach to my teacher Mr. Forky and I kept saying this is Mr. Forky yeah. <laughs> he's an English teacher he's like it's Brian. Stop. Yeah. It's Brian. Call me Brian. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is going to take some getting used to. The first to. name switch is always hard. The first name exactly. switch is hard, yeah. And you never know, you know, it's half and half for a while, then you eventually just yeah, start family going. family friends, that's a really hard one. And yeah. there's still those people in your life that you just can't do it. Yeah, you just, just can't, can't do it. You can't call by the first name. It's just yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Certainly. Um, I think, too, just this is on the same note, but raising kids and then figuring out what you want them to call your friends. Mm. Mm -hmm. Our that? brother just came back from a trip and his friend's kids called him Mr. Peter. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. <funny>. Pete. <laughs> yeah. That's but cute. I'm going first name route so that my kids don't have to struggle when they hit 22. Yeah, that's a good call. Good for fourth. Fourth thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm investing in these friendships. These are going to be lifelong. Yeah. <laughs> lifelong yeah. friendships. These are real. <laughs> um, one of the other things we wanted to talk to you about, we mentioned it earlier, was the over-talked about yet underappreciated topic, working moms. Mm. So what's it like to be a full-time girl boss and full-time mom? Yeah, I think the hardest thing is mom guilt is real yeah and, you know and the hardest days are my husband gets to be with him more in the morning than I do so the hardest days are when I get up and he's in this great mood and he's toddling around the kitchen and he's drinking his bottle and he's clambering up on my mm -hmm. knees and and I have to say okay I love you sweetie bye yeah you know mm -hmm. and then the hardest part is when you get in the car and you're heading to work then you have to totally switch gears yeah right. because then you you can't be mom when you're at work I right. mean I mean sometimes when there's a first grade in my office I feel kind of like mom but right. but usually usually I'm not so that's probably the hardest thing um, I think at the same time at the same time I will be really happy as he gets older to be able to talk about these are some things that mom did right for you yeah you know yeah. a lot of the choices that I make professionally are because we strongly believe in, in putting our kids through private education and right. through the parochial school system. And that's not just something that my husband and I can do, you know? Yeah. And so some of these bigger, we can call them career moves or whatever, are in part, you know, for yeah. our kids. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think about that too. But I also want my kids to grow up feeling like um, 
they are capable mm-hmm. and that the world is open to them mm-hmm. and that they never have to feel like there isn't something they can accomplish. Right. But uh, not that that necessarily means I need them to follow in, in my footsteps specifically, but I remember growing up being really proud of my parents mm-hmm. yeah. and all that yeah. they did totally. and really admiring them. And so I, I hope that our kids mm-hmm. feel that way too. And um, very recently when you were, you wrote this into us, you were super pregnant and you just defended your master's thesis. Mm-hmm. And you wrote, when people would say a simple congratulations, I w- always wanted to follow up with a lengthy discussion on why this is so impressive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's socially awkward and unacceptable. Yeah. However, I just, so I just said th- thanks while silently screaming on the inside. Yeah, I mean, I think... And that was before I was even fully mom. But I don't think people always realize how hard it is to to work full time and then be pursuing a degree. And I mean, as some of our some of our listeners probably have done that before. Mm-hmm. But I was also pursuing a degree where I was commuting an hour both ways. Right. Yeah. And I purposely annoyingly far from Milwaukee. Anno- that's what I'm saying, people. <laughs> and. I purposely chose a really challenging master's degree, and it was because my mentor suggested that professionally someday it would serve me well, and it was an amazing experience, but but it was insane. Right. I, I worked an insane amount of hours, and I'm a perfectionist, and so everything had to be perfect, and that's a crazy amount of pressure mm-hmm. that you put on yourself. And so someone's like, oh, you've got your master's degree. No, but you don't understand. Yeah. This, this was two really and a half deal. years yeah. of working seven days a week to, and I mean, I was an English teacher, so I grade a stack of 35 papers and then write my own right. like five-page paper, literary Hopefully analysis, you didn't whatever. Use the students' papers. Oh, goodness. No. <laughs> like no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I wonder, I don't know if I became like. Hack no. That's a hack. Yeah, that's, that's a hack, a hack no. no. I would never do that. I don't know if I became more generous with my students or less generous. Yeah, right. I mean, sometimes sure. I'd be like, look, you guys. Higher you, you can read 15 pages because I legit have to go home and read 115. Yeah, right. So figure it out, you yeah. know? I I were you do. so thrilled to just be done with that before you gave birth? Yes, 100%. But, you know, look at you always, you know, you always look back. But I think, you know, if I really would have, like, waited another six months to have the baby, that would have been the best six months of my life because I would have been over that hump of the yeah, master's degree. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done with all that time. Netflix would be cleared out. I'd have I nothing would read left on could have done docket. some gardening for dad. Yeah, you're like right. I could have been like, yo, T. Celeste, Dad, I can pick up any, some more gardening. You got some gardening? I could really got? use some jewelry. I'm low on Claire's <laughs> jewelry. <laughs> um, also, one of our listeners, Mackenzie, a friend of mine, um, who's a working mama but just had her baby a few months ago, pers- said, personally, I'm 100% most proud of the tiny lady I made. Hmm. It's very gratifying to have nurses, doctors, friends, and family tell you that you have a cute baby or a good baby. It's the most satisfying ever. Satisfying thing ever. Flip side, it's the least satisfying when your baby doesn't cooperate and you receive the full judgment of everyone that's ever had, held, or seen a baby. Yes. yes. <laughs> Can you relate to that at all? I just feel like when you're a new parent, a you know they say advice comes forever. That's so true. Yeah. But everything you do is questioned, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just the tone of voice. Like, yeah. Oh, he's oh. uh he's down to one nap already. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, so his first food was avocado. That's an interesting choice. Or, you know, and you kind of look at them like, like, uh, is it? like, right, okay. But it's also just the second guessing. Then you second guess yourself. yourself. And as a parent, you just don't have room for that. Because yeah. if you second guess every decision, forget it. You know, yeah. you just have to kind of get something and stick with it. So, yeah, we definitely got that. And from a, a couple of different resources. And sometimes you just have to let it roll off. But that yeah, doesn't mean it doesn't right. affect you. Because you're always wondering if you're a good parent. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, my kid survived his first year. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah, a win. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Jonas still got another <laughs> month ahead. <laughs> um, so we, Jenna, would love 
to use your expertise mm. to create some solutions for some of our listeners. Okay. Um, so this this is called There's a Hack for That. There's a Hack and for so That. And so we have a couple of things that people wrote about that we would love you to share your advice or okay. potential solutions. So, um, okay, so my friend Tori, who's a young attorney, discussed the importance of faking it until you make it. And mm -hmm. she now is an attorney in California, so she has made it. But where do you see fake it until you make it come into play in your position or just advice for people who need yeah. to, to make it? I think you have to be you have to be really careful with that phrase because right. when we say faking it, what we mean is probably showing more confidence yeah. Yeah. than you have. But a lot of times when you're when you're faking it, you really are competent. Mm -hmm. You just have to get everybody else to believe yeah. that. Um, and so, but I, I do, there is definitely some truth to that. Because I'm telling you, I walked into my first day as a principal, I walked into my office, and I did, I legitimately did not know what to do. Like, I looked around and went, what does a principal do <laughs> on July 1st? I have no idea. And yet, there's a school secretary there looking at me, you know, yeah. waiting for direction. Mm -hmm. There's teachers who are coming in and out of the building expecting. There's parents who are calling with questions. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, in some ways, uh, yeah, you are faking it. Uh -huh. Because when I would have new families come in and tour the school, I've been there for two months. You didn't know where everything was. I don't know where everything was. <laughs> they asked me about curriculum. I'm thinking it's pretty good, but I can't tell you much about the math. I mean, I was fortunate. I worked at Lutheran High. I got a lot of training yeah. students, so I knew uh, that the school was quality. But there is some faking it. It's mm -hmm. just surrounding yourself with really good, strong people mm -hmm. make faking it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Being and then confident. I'm and I'm never afraid to be like, you know, I don't really have a, yeah. an answer for you right now. So, but I'll find I'll find one, and then I, following yeah. up and actually doing it. Yeah, I've realized navigating through the PhD process that I go through this series of, of stages where something is first told to me that I have to do. I have this overwhelmed feeling, but I yes. you put on the smile like, yeah, okay, sure. And then I get home and I go from overwhelmed to motivated. Like I'm gonna figure this out. And then from motivated to, I'm excited about this now mm -hmm. because I know what I'm doing and I've just like learned a new skill. But it's that first putting on a smile when it's first mm -hmm. delivered to you. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, all right, yeah, yeah easy. Right, <laughs> right. No and I think that, that that type of poise is something that has to be practiced. That's yeah. not always natural to right. have that, for sure. What can you say to someone who's in high school or college something they can do to prep themselves for young leadership or being a leader right away when they enter the professional well, world. I think one of the most important things uh, we just actually just hired a new teacher and this was and this was huge one of the first things I looked for when I was looking through all of these resumes before I brought them to the team was what positions of leadership have they purposely put themselves in mm -hmm. yeah. and so if you're someone who avoids leadership then you can't expect to become this naturally born leader. I mean, yes, there are, there are some skills that you can be born with perhaps, but you, you hone those skills mm -hmm. by practicing leadership. So I yeah. would say if you're looking to be a leader, then you better find those areas in life where that can come naturally. Now for me, that happened to be helping teaching dance classes. So I found it in right. an area I was really mm -hmm. passionate with. For this girl, she worked a lot in um, in youth ministry, in peer leadership on mm -hmm. campus. So if you can find any time you can put leadership on your resume, I tell my high school students the same thing. Yeah. It makes a big, big difference. Yeah. And you learn so much about problem solving and conflict re resolution that are right. so vital in the workplace, for sure. And you're just doing something extra than the yep. course most likely taken. Absolutely. You're putting yourself in a position to be pushed a mm -hmm. little bit more. Mm -hmm. 
I think we already talked about when your baby isn't cooperating and you feel like people are judging you yeah. a little bit. But let it roll off. Yeah, let it roll off. You don't know. Right. <laughs> what you're doing. They don't know what they're talking about. What about, this is a big one, can you give us a hack for pumping at work? Oh, gosh. My hack would be just don't do it. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think one of the things is, and my friend, my friend Jen, would say the same thing, is there has to be a part of you that's a little bit assertive. So you mm-hmm. have to be able to, to say, you know, this is the time that I need, this is the space that I'm going to need. But I also actually learned a hack from you, Hannah. If you can find a space where you can refrigerate your pump and all the parts during the day so you don't have mm-hmm. to clean it thoroughly till the end of the day. So I would rinse rinse and refrigerate yeah that's, that's what i would do. do some people will say that's not good enough but honestly like if you're trying to create any sort of a stash for your child oh, you have to make things a you, little bit faster. you do you're right and yeah and, and people might say that but i'm telling you my kid is fine yeah he my, never got two sick. of mine are fine right they're they're all doing <laughs> out okay. of two yeah two mine, mine are v big like they're very chunky <laughs> yeah <children>. yeah <laughs> For real. And so it is. And the other thing I did is I got really good at multitasking. So now yeah. I was fortunate I had a private office in this position. It was way harder when I was teaching, but in this position. So I would make sure I had everything within reach. I had my computer right there. My favorite was when I made phone calls. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I hope they can't hear the pump in the background. We're just going to roll with this one. Yep. So I would find like my tasks that I knew I had to do that I didn't want to do and then I would make myself do them when I was pumping because I couldn't oh, go yeah. anywhere. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of scrolling through social media, that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was like my best time to answer annoying emails and things like that. Oh, man. Sure. Okay. I really looked forward to that. Yeah. To that yeah. time of day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, this is the worst part of my day. I'm just going to make it really bad. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That was not a break by any means. That is the only time of day that I closed my office door. So that was probably oh, that's, okay. that's nice. Yeah. Some peace and quiet. I like silence. This is our last one that we need a hack for, and that's um, giving life hacks for responding to affirmation and criticism. And this yeah. is this comes from my, my mom, and she talks about uh, the situation of being in graduate school, working on her dissertation, trying to drive that process with her faculty, advisor, and mentors, all of whom were older and smarter. Mm-hmm. It was a strange dynamic. I craved and sought their positive feedback and was devastated by anything negative. It's interesting to reflect on that and realize the level of impact words of affirmation or dissent can have because I can remember both the sting and the joy to this day. Mm -hmm. I think I would like to think I'm good at constructive criticism. I'm sure I'm still not, Mm -hmm. but I'm getting better at it. And my master's helped with that a lot because I did. I had to get some really tough feedback of like, this paper is just bad. You (laughs) missed it. You just, and I had one professor that would say, you're a great writer, but the content isn't good. You just missed the point. You're not a good, she told me you're just not a good close reader. (laughs) Great. That's what I teach in high school, but cool. Yeah. I'm not good at that. Um, And so that's something that I, that I still work on. I think we have to be careful to know where our worth comes from to make sure that we don't find our value in that but when i give affirmation and criticism i still use the good old-fashioned cookie method yeah this compliment sandwich yeah the compliment sandwich so i do i really start with very important this is huge you start sandwich yeah you start with the positive oh yeah so you always have and this is tough when you have tough students when you have tough employees who are maybe giving you a lot of problems but you have to be able to start with something positive then you move into the constructive criticism but you always end on a positive note as well so and that's like easier said than done but it does it's huge and i do that with parents still on the phone with discipline issues and things like that too oh that's good advice great Great advice advice. wow that's a great hack yep 
the the cookie or the compliment sandwich. Yeah, I think I just gravitate towards cookies. So. <laughs> the Oreo? Yeah. I mean, chocolate is a, a new staple of getting me through my days sometimes. But the cream is the best part, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> That's where the... Right. Or maybe it's just the biggest part, which the also biggest is part. Nice. the true. best <laughs> What you're really trying part. to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the conversation. Okay, we like to end our podcast with a hash it out because we are self-confident and think we're very good at making hashtags mm-hmm. <laughs> I can believe that for events coming up um, we thought of a couple events in your life but then we also want to be spontaneous and have you uh, throw some events co- cool. coming your way so one is your cute son Everett turned one he recently did. in February in yep. February so we thought and you call him Rhett we do call him Rhett yeah. Everett Everett Rhett short for Everett right just be really never call him Ev we do not call him Ev we don't call him Ev Ev. yep just Rhett Nev Ev Nev Ev oh hashtag Nev Ev hashtag Nev Ev good this one is hashtag Rhett's get ready to one bowl (laughs) that's wow that's good I don't think I could say that more than one time Rhett's get ready to one bowl one emphasis on the one one bowl so any yeah yeah, you can say your, the next one you thought we of. We should have maybe thought of one for two, since that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but, you know. You could be, Rhett's get ready to, to tumble. Tumble. <laughs> tumble. Okay, also, um, you know, we're a big fan of your husband. We think he's really great. And yeah. his name is Tom. He so is. we thought you could do, my husband is the bomb.tom. <laughs> wow, that's also very clever. And yes. very long. And very long. You have to say something about him being so outdoorsy. That's your favorite. Uh, yeah, we it. love. That's we're true. so not outdoorsy. Not that we don't like the outdoors. We just can't do things like camp, start a fire. Right. Like when know. we say outdoors, we're like, are you gonna go like for a jog outdoors? Simple, we can do that. Maybe a, a walk. A simple outdoor task that most would consider fairly beginner level. Right. Start a fire. Start a fire. Right. I mean, Tom. We're like, we don't know how to do this. Right. Camp? What's a tent? I'm more yeah. an indoor girl. Right. My husband does solo backpacking, so we call that crazy. Right. <laughs> right. right. And then, you know, as a principal, you're one of the only people who have to be there 12 months of the Ugh, year. So true. So we thought, hashtag summer at home, hashtag summer in the office. The first one is <laughs> yeah. some are, and yeah. the second one is summer, summer in the uh-huh, office. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Some are at home, summer in summer, the office. Uh-huh. Summer in the office, Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> mostly me. Me and the school secretary, we hang out. Do you have any other events coming up or things that you can think of? Well, I mean, even just thinking about how much is left for the end of this school year, but it's still, mm-hmm. I think we counted as a staff that when we come back, I think we have nine weeks. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So, nine weeks. Left. Uh, okay. Nine, weeks. <laughs> nine feeling fine. <laughs> <laughs> spontaneous is hard. Yeah, the spontaneous is hard. You're better at that. Um, nine. Well, Nine until I won't whine till nine. Till nine. <laughs> I won't nine because I only got. I won't whine because I only got nine. <laughs> right. Right. That's okay. Not, those oh, are God. subpar. Something we're gonna have to really. Work on. <laughs> we're really practicing hashtags. <laughs> anyway, Jana, that's all we have today. Thanks so much for agreeing to come and yeah, come to our basement. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Cuz. This just means our summer sisterhood has really come full circle. It really has. It really has. Girl bosses, everyone put your hands in. One, One two, three. Girl, girl bosses.